0: The J-Talk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the J-Talk Podcast. Ben Maxwell and Johnny Nickel with you to discuss Japan's defeat to Iran at the quarterfinal stage of the Asian Cup. And Johnny, yeah, that's it for the Samurai Blue for uh, this Asian Cup. As when the going got tough, the Samurai Blue just simply couldn't hack it
1: yeah yeah that's right yeah uh, unfortunately it's it's the end of the road for for japan and you know it's the end of the road for us in this little sort of uh, our little asian cup adventure i've been quite quite used to this getting into it more and more by each game but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm i'm doing okay considering the circumstances still kind of trying to process things in this this sunday night and yeah, we, we don't have any snow here in osaka uh, unlike uh, other parts of japan so uh, it's not all doom and gloom, but yeah, I think we've got a lot to to unpack today. Maybe about the game and also about the the future of the the Japan national team. Uh, how about yourself, Ben? How how are you holding up after maybe a bit of a rough weekend for you?
0: Yeah, a uh, pretty ordinary uh, twenty four hours or so, Johnny, in terms of results for yeah the two countries that I was uh, following. In this uh, competition, of course, Australia uh, going out to South Korea in a heartbreaking fashion and then, yeah, Japan, as we said, um, well, unable to hang on uh, against an Iran team who uh, ultimately ran out deserved winners uh, on Saturday night, Japan time, even though, of course, it was uh, they did leave it until second half stoppage time to, uh, to, to seal victory through uh, Ali Jahanbak's, uh penalty, but, um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the, uh, well, the, the second half, I think, told the story, Johnny, it was, um, yeah, Japan unable to hang on at the end, and, well, we were hoping that it was, uh, Japan were working their way through this tournament, and were eventually going to peak at the right time, but, yeah, apart from, well, a an acceptable, a, a good first half, yeah, I mean, they were uh, just not at the races at all after the break, were they?
1: Yeah, I think it was, it was a very positive, well, mostly positive first 30 minutes for Japan. But you know, I'm going to whip out a couple of cliches here. I think, yeah, like you said, it's a game of game of two halves, and you know, goals goals change games. I think the two cliches will, will whip out right at the start. I think the, the first half hour, up until Japan's goal, I think you know it was a bit of a frantic frantic opening, but then the, the Japan kind of got the upper hand and that. You could kind of see around maybe the 20-minute mark, Japan were, were, were well on top. It, I wasn't sure what the Iranian tactics were. If they, they planned to keep it tight till half-time, then push on. But they definitely had been pushed onto the back foot. And when Japan took the lead, I think it was it was deservedly so. But you know, 1-0 for, for Japan against Iran, maybe read the, the, the 2-0 against Bahrain in the, the last 16, because they, they then seem to get into that situation, which, again, we'll come on to maybe later when we talk about um Mr. Moriyasu and maybe a certain number five in the team's comments about him that Japan seemed lost of as to whether to, to stick or twist and you know Iran sort of came to life. asman who we, we pointed out in the the, the preview, um to, to be their main danger. I mean he did almost nothing until Japan scored and then suddenly he he became kind of more and more involved. In the fact is his face was flashing up on the screen almost almost every minute of, of the game at times it seemed like. So yeah a very promising start but you know the momentum was starting to slide away going into to half time, and then, like you say, all, all credit to Iran in, in the second half. The first half maybe they were kind of outdone by by Japan's um, Japan's pace, Japan's pressing that got to them. But then, you know, the, the, their nous and experience, that their, their aggression, that, that that really took took over. Um, you know, it's very very important to, to point out. I think that the contrast between this Japanese team and the Iranian team. In the, you know, If you if look at the starting 11s, if my if my Wikipedia research is, is correct, the the Iranian starting 11, I think, had, um, had only four players under the age of 30, of whom two of which were, were actually 29. And, you know, I think only three of their starting 11 had less than 40 caps, which is basically the opposite of Japan, where Wataru Endo was the, the only player who, who was not in his 20s. And it was only he, uh, Tomiyasu and uh, Doan had more than 40 caps. So very much at the opposite end of the scale and I think in the first half, it did look a bit like a, an ageing team going a step too far, being given the runaround by their younger counterparts, but it, it, in the end, you know, I think that, yeah, like I said, Iran's guile and, and sort of wily nouse won out and you know, might get to talk to the, about the penalty a, a bit more, it's a, it's a tragic error, but yeah, it's one of these, you know, as gutting as it is, like you say, it was, I think the goal was coming for Iran and the, the feeling is, you know, if Japan had scored, they really would have been nicking it at the end. And had it gone to extra time, yeah, the feeling is there'd only been one winner and that winner would have been Iran. So what, what about you, Ben? What, what, what did you kind of make of the, the overall kind of flow of the game and, and, and how things went?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a number of points that, um yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll, we'll come on to throughout the episode. But um once uh, yeah japan went ahead um i think that almost settled iran and it kind of refocused them they were um yeah second best to that point they'd, uh, they'd obviously played their part in the game they'd had a couple of chances themselves i mean uh, Jahan bash had the the first chance of the game in the the first 15 minutes but um yeah as you say japan worked their way clearly on top and the goal while they weren't banging the door down it was it was reward for um yeah a period of um, yeah, good pressure and, and good pressing. I mean, Daisen Maida, who for many, myself included, was a surprise inclusion, was uh, at his uh, Sheep don't like best. He was uh, just yeah, the amount of times he just snuck up on people and nicked the ball off them, Johnny. It was it was terrific. I mean, um, yeah, he's uh, for for me definitely justified his uh, his inclusion in the team and and yeah, Japan were. Definitely on top and looking the goods for, as you say, the first half hour. But I mean, you could tell that once uh, once Iran uh, refocused themselves, that they were able to, um, you know, properly execute their their game plan of, of getting the ball up to Asmune and relying on second and third balls. And um, for as experienced as as Endo is and and Masa Morita has become, um, yeah, it was uh, it was. Disappointing how um, how Japan, uh, Japan weren't able to cope with um, you know going about trying to win the second balls from uh, from from the 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 aerial duels that they were initiating with those balls um, up to the striker. So yeah, a, a number of things started to go in Iran's favour. I mean the, um, the the referee. I certainly don't want to make this a a, a complaint about the referee podcast, but. I think Iran played the referee perfectly, to be perfectly honest, and they, um, you know, they deserve credit from that. Uh, I mean, Azmoon um, left a couple in in the first ten minutes, Johnny, and he uh, he, he might have gotten booked uh, another referee on a, on a different day, might have uh, given him a yellow card inside the first ten minutes, but I think that set the tone for um, how Iran were able to handle things physically and. I'm not suggesting they ever really cross the line, but it's it's interesting to see that at the end of the day, no no Iranian players were, were booked at all throughout the course of the game, and that's despite um, yeah a number of um, a number of challenges that maybe yeah were were borderline and they they were given the benefit of the doubt by the referee. I mean, there's there's people that will. Be screaming at me if I don't mention the the foul throw that le- in the course of the uh, the passage of play that led to the penalty. I mean, uh, again, they had players standing in the the technical area for most of the game, which is you know shouldn't be done. Um, but again, they they were able to get away with certain things that um, um, I'm not saying with the difference in the game or anything. But they yeah, I mean they they had a a, a set of tactics and they um they were able to i guess execute them to yeah to the letter and it's it's won them a place in the semi-finals
1: yeah i I wrote down quite a a lot of similar notes to what what you mentioned there that the referee is a tough one because it is like in certain situations like i feel like the refs had a bad game but you know he he may not you can't really blame him for the for the defeat I, i i wrote down exactly the same thing as you you know the how the yellow card count ended up Japan to Iran now, I have no idea, because you mentioned Asmund early on. Godos, who I actually thought was their, their best player, the, the Brentford guy who was in just behind he, he, I think he tripped up Kubo, who was trying to break just at the edge of his own box after 10 minutes, got away with that, and there was a cu- couple of heavy challenges went in Daizen Maeda in the, in the first half. And then there was, there was an awful decision where, um, I think it's Jakambash, Clearly, fellas Kubo about five yards right in front of the referee, and he doesn't give it somehow. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the referee didn't look good, but ultimately, a lot. I mean, a lot of the kind of offsides, that, which was n- isn't necessarily him, but the, you know, the, they were correct. The, the goal has been given off for offside. I think there was even there was, uh, was it Godos or Asmun at the, the back end of the, the first half. Um, actually, it was Godos about six minutes before half time, and he had a shot which looked like Iran's best chance of the first half, and again I haven't seen a good enough angle but it looked like it was suspiciously offside but they would have probably caught that on on VAR if it it was so yeah and probably reasons why I'm not an international referee number 712 I think I would have sent off a couple of the Iranian subs because I I noticed they were down warming up near the corner flag and they were berating the the referee and he said something to them and like you said he came out a couple they came out of the technical area a few times to give advice I I think I was totally fed up with that and yeah, I would have probably spoke to the coach first and then said anyone else does that, they're off, and then I'm sure they wouldn't have been able to behave themselves, and a couple of them will be, be watching the rest of the game from the stands, but ultimately, this is a bit, I think we're maybe going slightly off Yeah. Off the rail. I think the refs <laughs> had a bit of a shocker, but he is not the reason Japan are going home and Iran are going through. Um, yeah. I think there's um, an agreement there.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, sorry, don't want to sound like a couple of whiny babies because yeah, Iran have run out thoroughly deserved winners, but uh, again, I think we're in a backhanded kind of way we're giving them credit for for working the referee. I think they've they've again they've taught Japan a, a bit of a lesson in militia as um uh, as we know that's one of the areas of <laughs> Japan's um Yes, yeah, set up that that is uh, well. It's not sorely lacking because you know there's some certain people that don't like um, teams that um, you know perform in that sort of way. But again, it's it's worked for Iran. It's part of what worked for them on the day. I mean, they've. Uh, yeah, ultimately second half they've outplayed Japan, and as we've said, uh, they've run out victors and deservedly so. Now the the junior Ito situation, Johnny. I mean, we neither of us think he would have started anyway, even if he had have still been with the squad. But um, the comings and goings in the uh, in the days up until this uh, this game, of course, we uh, we know he didn't feature in the round of sixteen game. On the Wednesday night, it was reported that he was going to be leaving the squad, and that led to me, <laughs> to me in the editing suite, adding a, a bit on to uh, our review podcast. Uh, saying that, um, yeah, actually, he he's not leaving, he's he's staying. Then uh, it came out after that that uh, he was indeed going to be uh, away from the squad for the remainder of the tournament. So, yeah, obviously, we didn't know whether he was coming or going. Um, it must have had um, some sort of an impact on the squad. I mean, Ito's been part of the, the setup for a number of years now. He's been a very important player for Japan, although we know he wasn't at his best in this tournament, and perhaps we know the reason why. From uh, from the uh, the opening game against uh, Vietnam, he didn't appear himself, and it's I oh, guess it's uh, yeah, it's pretty easy to come to the conclusion that he had an awful lot on his mind, and that will have affected uh, his performance. So um, again, we're not lawyers; we're staying out of the uh, the situation that's going to um, end up being hopefully resolved. Between um, the the parties here, but um, yeah, I mean the the whole sideshow around this. Uh, it, well, it's stating the obvious, it can't have been beneficial for the squad as a whole in the lead up to this game.
1: Yeah, as, as regular listeners will know, we, we spent a lot of time kind of discussing like out of Nakamura, Doan, and Anito, who, who was gonna who was gonna start against uh, um, Bahrain. And ultimately, the the decision's been made for for Moriasu as as the the news came out about Ito. So naturally, he was the one to to, to miss out. But if you think if this whole kind of situation hadn't come about, there's a good chance Ito would have started against Bahrain. And then, again, with with, with no scandal that there's a good chance Ito would have started in this game. Whether it would have made any difference, I don't know. Because, like you said, Daisen Maeda was, was fantastic after maybe a slightly rocky start and taking a couple of knocks. He was absolutely superb. and. He, he, to, to give him the biggest compliment I can, he was replaced by Kaoru Mitoma and Japan's performance level went went down. They, they missed something with him going off. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, we're maybe going to have a few more negatives to say about about Moriatsu, but I think his performance in this game and his selection for this game justified um, Moriatsu's selection for, in the squad and also for, for this match. So, I think that, yeah, the whole will he, will he, what has Ito done, what hasn't he done, that obviously is, is not good for, for any squad to, to have to deal with. And, yeah, whether Ito would have been the, the difference maker here it remains to be, to be seen because, you know, we're giving Iran that they're full Jews But if you remember, you know, they, they came into the game at the, the end of the, the first half and then they started the second half quite well. Japan looked very nervy. But then Japan had a couple of very good chances. At, well, not very good chances, but they had a couple of chances through Ueda and in, in Kubo. It could have made it 2 0 One of those goes in, and I think we're talking about a, a, a semi-final for, for Japan, mm. even if they had that kind of poor last half hour. So, yeah, in this kind of game, uh, again, with, with no disrespect to some of the other teams, I, I felt like this game and the, the South Korea-Australia game had to feel more of a semi-final rather than a quarter-final. Um, you know, this kind of game, is, is there was little differences. You know, th- those things make all the difference. Having Junior Ito up, up your sleeve and even able to play 45 minutes might have been a might have been a difference maker because yeah Iran only won by a penalty right at the end it's not despite all the dominance in the second half it's not that they really ran away with it it would only have taken one moment of magic from, from something so yeah I'm not going to go out there and say if junior Ito was was playing Japan would have would have clearly won because that's absolutely not true as we can see from his performances in the, the group stage but yeah it, it certainly wouldn't have hurt to have him like mindfully focused and fully available to go.
0: Yes, no, that's uh, that's very well said, Johnny. All right, so uh, obviously a, a a different Ito did start for Japan though, and that um, raised some eyebrows. It um, I could make a comment about Hiroki Ito's <laughs> eyebrow, but I, I won't do that. Um, but uh, yeah, Hiroki Ito came in for Yuta Nakayama at left back. Um, that yeah, surprising to some, I guess, for uh, more defensive stability. Johnny, you would you would suggest Nakayama. Um, certainly a, a better, I think it's fair to say, a better two-way player than, than Ito. But uh, Ito, um, yeah, uh, more renowned for his uh, defensive capability. So that was perhaps a uh, a bit of a concession from uh, from Moriyasu that uh, Japan were going to be facing a, a sterner test uh, in a defensive sense from Iran uh, compared to what they'd uh, uh, come up against uh, versus Bahrain. But uh, yeah, obviously the other two changes... Uh, well, one we, we knew was going to happen, that was uh, Rio Hatate was uh, was out of the picture, and indeed he was out of the uh, the 23 for this game with uh, Morita coming in as he had replaced uh, Hatate in the previous game. I guess uh, Moriasu could have thrown us for the ultimate um, loop by uh, playing Kaishu Sano from the start, but uh, yeah, as, as everybody expected, Morita started. But yeah, Maida was the, I guess, the wild card um, coming in for his uh, first start of the competition for Keito Nakamura uh, on the left of the uh, attack, um, so yeah, took definitely took me by surprise. Um, but uh, yeah, Mida, uh, as you say, he got not kicked around a bit in the first ten minutes, but um, yeah, he was. Uh, his um yeah typically well scrappy best I don't want to sell him short but yeah uh, I think you know what I mean he was um yeah making him uh, definitely making a nuisance of himself and um yeah he contributed to um yeah as we said Japan's bright first half hour
1: yeah I think yeah but Moriyasu obviously got wind of of podcasts being able to guess his team selection so he had to th- throw us all a curveball and, and stick Maeda in but yeah as, as I said f- f- fair play to him it, it proved to be a, the right selection. Um, what his reasoning was for, for dropping and Nakamura, I'm, I'm not sure. But yeah, Maeda absolutely justified his selection in, in buckets. Hiroki Ito, not, not so much. I, I think, you know, there's obviously, the, like you, you laid out, there's, there's logic behind the reason for, for picking Hiroki Ito. And, you yeah, know, he, he did, yeah, I mentioned that, that chance for Red at the start of the second half. That was a, a wonderful long cross field ball by, by Ito. And it was, it was a good good chance at this level for for Reda. Uh, unfortunately, Ito showed uh, a couple of minutes later when he tried to play the same ball and just scuffed it to, to no one. It, it was a bit of a kind of what one off, a bit of a you know, lucky hit to an extent. And I mean, he was he was okay, Ito. It's not like he was disastrous, but hmm. like I mentioned against Iraq, when you know he was, he was overpowered by by uh, Ayed Hussein for for the, their um, their goal. Again, he lost out to Asman when kind of coming in to, to try and help his two centre backs. Um, using his height and, and so air, supposed aerial prowess. So he wasn't really any more effective aerially, I think, than, than Nakayama would have been. Um, and obviously, uh, that down both flanks, I think Iran caused Japan problems. That Jahan Baksh, we obviously highlighted that the captain, he was going to be a, a key player. And then Mohebi got, got a goal and you know, he also, he, I think he, at times he featured down both both, both wings and you know, he, he gave Sia Sayam, Kuma problems down, down the other wing. So, yeah, I think it was that that front four for Iran. Once once they got up ahead of steam, I think around the kind of 35-40 minute mark and into the second half, Godos got in for for well, moved forward in place of Taremi, linked up well with Azmoon and the, the, the two wingers. The uh, Japanese defence was really under the cosh. Uh, I can't highlight Hiroki Ito as as particularly bad or doing anything especially wrong, but and we'll never get to see the game played with with Nakayama in instead of of Ito, but. Yeah, I, I as I stated, I think, when we talked with, with Ryo, I'm not, I'm not sold on Hiroki Ito at left back at, at international level. He's got a, lot, a long way to go to, to convince me. And yeah, he, he didn't really do anything to me that suggested that ultimately he was the better s- choice over, over Nakayama. But Morita and Maeda, they definitely, they, 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 they kind of stamped their, their authority on the game at, at different times. But yes, still to be convinced by, by Ito, well, what about yourself?
0: Yeah, he's one of those where yeah, I mean you expect him to be in the squad, but uh, I mean you you're never um, you're never buzzing to see him in the, in the starting eleven, are you? I mean he's uh, yeah a, a reliable defender. Um, but yeah, when he bobs up in, in the final third with the ball at his, uh, feet, um, looking to get across in, I don't think you have uh, enormously high hopes that he's, um, yeah, he's going to find a target or he's going to, uh, he's going to make something happen. So a very good player, but again, um, not a difference maker. I don't think at this level and I, I yeah, I don't necessarily think Nakayama would have, uh, would have handled, um, Iran any any better necessarily so I'm not uh, certainly I'm not critical of the the decision to start Ito at all but yeah it didn't set the world on fire but as you say he wasn't the reason Japan lost this game just a very quick one on uh, Seiya Maikuma on the other side Johnny because he'd been obviously so impressive in the previous two games but um he certainly uh, got a uh, I think uh, his eyes were really open to how uh, competitive and how difficult international football can be at times I- in this game um he wasn't really able to affect things especially um uh, going forward as he had done in, the, in in as he said in as I said in the previous couple of games um again similar to ito on the other side i don't think he disgraced himself but yeah he uh, he was definitely in a uh, a proper scrap it's a stern test for him but uh, hopefully one that he can um yeah profit from down the line it's something that he'd never come up against before i don't think
1: yeah i think there's you know i'm not going to go too too wildly off, off topic talking the, the 24 team format there's obviously certain teams have emerged that otherwise wouldn't have qualified but I think certain things like, you know, Japan, Bahrain being the last 16 and then jumping to this, it almost felt like a different competition. Like the, the last 16 games seemed like a bit of a friendly in comparison to to the ferocity on, on show in, in this game at times. And yeah, I think Maikuma, I really, really like Maikuma as a, as a player. I've liked him since his Nagasaki days. And there were signs early on he, he was bom- bombing forward, but then gradually Japan got, Got, got pushed back. I think he got caught out of position a couple of times after losing the ball. And I think yeah, that because in in Japan, I mean, you do have some some big big wingers, but it, it generally if they're big, they're not that fast, or you know if they're fast, they're not that big. Or they, there's always some flaw usually somewhere along the, along the line. Whereas obviously heavy does does have have flaws and I can bash too but you know I, I think these two are, are more yeah they're top top level top level players you know what one's in Europe and well actually they're both both in Europe because you know, Russia is, is, is in Europe they're, they're both playing at a, a decent level and I think yeah that the intensity ferocity tenacity the ability to run to dribble to take players on and, and win headers and take take shots that there are more of a kind of all-round player than maybe um, Mike necessarily sees on a weekly basis at Cerizo and yeah, you know, he has been linked with with moves to to Europe, and that, that definitely is a kind of yeah a crash course in, in how to how to or how not to deal with with that kind of threat. It, granted, yeah, you know, as, as we might come on to and we've touched on before, but that. The lack of experience, or the more experienced players were were in the core, like in the centre back and central midfield positions. So he should have been looking there for for support and kind of help talking him through and how much of that actually was going on. I'm, I'm not not sure, but perhaps uh, I, I feel quite confident to say not not enough. But mm-hmm. I still think, despite being given a, a hard task, I still think you know going into the World Cup qualifiers in March, I think my my Kuma is is still the number one in that position for me. Mm. sugawara didn't convince defensively in his kind the, of the, the opening couple of games and obviously with his um his little napping incident i, I think yeah Moriase would be inclined to to give uh, Maikuma another go and yeah if, if i can throw in a gamba reference perhaps Riku handa if he has a good start to the season is someone that might kind of come in to to look to challenge for that position maybe once the 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 paris olympics and qualifiers and that are out of the way so th- there are still options there but yeah a tough day at the office for Maikuma, but yeah, you made a sound an agreement. I think we're maybe in agreement that Mike Cumin was probably still the, the the occupant of that that jersey going forward.
0: Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a difficult, a difficult game for him as it was for well, yeah, the entire uh Japan back line and and uh, midfield to boot. I think we're probably going to uh, give uh, Takehiro Tomiyasu a break and we won't need to uh, discuss him in an uh, a special amount of detail as he was um yeah, he certainly marshaled the defense as uh, as well as he uh, possibly could and uh, we'll make sure to uh, to praise Zion Suzuki uh, throughout this episode because uh, yeah, he was uh, for the most part extremely steady and did his job and um yeah we uh, i don't think either of us will uh, find fault with him especially but uh, yeah there might be a couple of things we'd like to to nitpick uh, throughout the course of the game but yeah um basically up until the point where japan took the lead through uh, Morita johnny there was um yeah uh, stages in the early going that uh i mean it was a it was a 50 50 game but as we both said as the uh, i guess as the half hour wore on Uh, Japan were in the ascendancy, there was a a mad 20-30 seconds of uh, Japan closing down just outside their box, and it ended with a do one shot that was deflected out for a corner, Uh, then yes, in the 28th minute Morita began the move and um, finished it himself with some help from the Iranian goalkeeper, Ari Reza Beranwand. But, uh, yeah, it was a, a ball in from the left touchline by Morita that uh, found ISA Wader, who had uh, come deep um, to uh, yeah to hold the ball up. Then uh, Morita continued his run and, and got uh, fortunate with a, a ricochet or two, Johnny, but then suddenly found himself with the daylight all around him and just the keeper to beat it wasn't the most convincing of shots I think it's uh, safe to say but uh, yeah the the keeper went to ground fairly early and watched on in horror as uh, Morita's low shot basically hit his boot and ballooned over him and into the net and uh, Japan's celebrations began uh, I guess just reward for just about shading things yeah in the uh, in the first half hour
1: yeah, they were, they were definitely the, the more lively of the two teams. I mean, Iran always had that kind of puncher's chance that every sort of five, ten minutes they'd do something to kind of keep you on your toes. But like you say, the, the kind of youthful exuberance of Japan, that the closing down and the pressing, that they were, yeah, they were like little dogs just descending on the, on the prey of the, of the ball. And yeah, the Iranian back three, the back four, sorry, especially the centre backs, didn't look particularly comfortable at times with a couple of rushed passes and quick clearances out and. Yeah, it, although the, maybe uh, shots and goal wouldn't necessarily be massively in Japan's favour. A, a lot of Iran's chances were kind of from from the edge of the box. So that Jakamba shot was yeah, you know, it was the, the right in the edge of the box at the at the side nearest the touchline. So it's not like a, a high percentage chance or anything. And mm. uh, yeah, it's a, Japan. I think yeah, it's a, it's a good feeling as the game went on. You could almost feel Japan take the, the game by the, the scruff of its neck. And, yeah, Morita's goal was a bit uh, against all odds. I think he gets breaks off both the, the centre-backs and then yeah, the, the the goalie. I mean, these are all experienced players. And I think you could just see one of the centre-backs like looking around, like, arms spread, like, what is going on here? How have we conceded that goal? Yeah. But yeah Morita, of all people, to, to charge him with a slaloming run. Um, I, I think at that point, maybe, you know, if, you, if you're an Iranian fan, you might be thinking this is not going to be our night, is it? Or not going to be our day? And um, and for japan yeah for, for that that moment you did feel like yeah japan are on top they've got a got a bit of a lucky break so let's let's build on that and unfortunately that's the the point where the, the castle of sand sort of started to slowly crumble i'm afraid
0: yeah, they didn't let their heads drop, did they? Iran. There was a uh, yeah. Moon had a an opportunity that was uh, called back for a, an offside delay almost straight away after play restarted. And then uh, with the six minutes to go before the break, uh, the, the chance that you mentioned earlier on, uh, Johnny, when the Itakura was already on a yellow by that point and uh, mm. misjudged a a high ball with uh, with Godos. Running onto it and volleying wide of uh, Suzuki's left-hand post. Yeah, whether that uh, was the uh, the flag would have actually gone up there or not, uh, we're not sure. But and then just before the break, across from in from the left by Godos, just uh, was uh, too far for uh, for Asmoon and um, yeah, unfortunately for Iran, that chance came to nothing. But I guess, uh, yeah, they were starting to send a few warning signs that Japan had to be at their best after the break, and I don't know um, how many of our listeners will be aware of some of these uh, comments that have come out from uh, Idemasa Morita in the aftermath of this game, Johnny. But, I mean, as you said earlier on, I think um, if uh, Moriasa gets wind of these, it it potentially places uh, Morita's uh, future in the Japan setup in question because he he basically says, um, well, a a number of things, uh, questioning the, uh, the, the direction that the players got from the bench um, or from outside, as it was uh, translated uh, during the uh, during the game, but also that um, very little was said during the break in uh, in terms of uh, preparing uh, Japan for the the threat that that might be coming their way from uh, Iran in the second half. And yeah, the echoes of the Iraq game where Japan were in many ways overpowered, or yeah, just uh, Iraq had worked out. The um the way to attack Japan and the the way the, the way to to get the ball up the pitch and uh, to maintain pressure and that Iran followed this uh, this pattern um, almost to a T in the second half and that Japan had uh, almost no answers for it. So um, again, as we've said and it bears repeating, this was a a second half stoppage time penalty. So Japan were not blown away. By Iran in the second half, but I mean there were times when he threatened to 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 be that way, wasn't there, Johnny?
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, Asmund's backside was the, the difference maker at one point. He did he's a lovely goal when he was given off. He, you know he's a, he's a big big guy and he obviously needs that extra strength. But yeah, yeah. It, it came back to haunt him there. A, yeah, lovely finish and yeah, we're probably going to get to Itakura in a minute. But again, he was he was floundering as, as Asmund as Asmund turned and in, in putting a lovely finish, but. Going back to the original point about about Morita, I mean, I'm not, I'm certainly no kanji expert, so I, I use the translate app, and i what I rely on more is what my my Japanese friend messaged me actually originally to tell me about the the comments, and she she was kind of more more worried about, you know, Morita has said it, but is he is one of the more senior players in the team, basically saying what he and several others thinking, which he almost certainly to some extent is how deep that kind of thought process goes within the squad remains to be seen Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if we're not talking about Morita in a Japanese jersey for for a while although you know with the comments being so public you'd feel that you know if Moriasu leaves him out and then doesn't really change his ways that he looks a bit weak from that perspective so it's going to be very interesting to see how this how this plays out going forward and yeah I, I think the thing that maybe that struck so many people is that how basically on, on the head Morita's comments are vis a vis what people kind of already thought was going on, like you mentioned at the Iraq game, and you know, even games where Japan have ended up winning quite comfortably, like, like Vietnam or Indonesia or Bahrain, there's been defensive issues and we cited the, the lack of communication when, when Endo was just dawdling across the pitch and no one gave him a shout the, the other game. Mm. Um, and then the, the, the penalty at the end here where, where two players have been around for a while just don't don't communicate. Yeah, so, I mean, Moriasu, for his you know, defence, he will cite the, the kind of generational change in, in teething problems. Um, whether you should be doing that ahead of the Asian Cup is remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, obviously, Essentially, all the players in the current squad can play at the next World Cup, which which isn't the, the case for for Iran, who who've got a number of ageing players. They'll, they'll need to replace going forward. So he does have that in his in his kind of defence, but yeah, kind of lack of leadership or you know, no no real like lack of experience to it throughout the squad, the defensive errors and lapses of concentration, lack of attacking fluency at times, which again harks back to one of monitor's comments about the the players just kind of been left to get on with it and just kind of going with the, the flow of the game um you know we i think we, we've said in the green room we're, we're, one of the things we are certain about with moriatsu is that you know people can people are everyone's entitled to their opinion and there's varying degrees of right and wrong um there are there are good things we can say about moriatsu in terms of the you know, results at the world cup and results in 2023 i mean let, let's not sugarcoat this a loss to Japan is sorry. A loss to to Iran is no no disgrace, but you know, five games played, three wins, two losses, going out in the quarterfinals. This represents a failure for Japan, quite quite frankly, with the, the quality of players they've got. Mm. But Moriya'su has enough in the bank. Um, if they'd gone out against Bahrain, I think he would still have stayed, but he would have been in a very kind of shaky peg. I, I have no doubt that you know. I'm speaking in the fourth the of February. Um, but barring a massive cock up in qualifying or an unseen health issue or scandal or behind the scenes falling out that we, we don't know about now. I think Moriasu, like it or lump it, is going to be the coach at, at USA, Mexico, Canada 2026. Um it might not be the most popular choice. Um but yeah, I think I think we're we're both we're both in agreement that that's that's likely to be the case, isn't it, Ben?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Johnny, that I think um the the JFA um, will uh, we'll stick with him. And, yeah, most people think that it, it's time for him to go. And um, I guess there is a slim possibility that he will decide that, um, yeah, his performance in this tournament wasn't good enough and that somebody else should be given an opportunity to manage uh, to manage Japan going forward. But yeah, I, neither of us think that that is uh, a realistic possibility. So yeah, we're, we're all, we would all just be banging our heads up against the wall uh, yet again by uh, demanding the exit of, uh, of, of Hajime Moriyasu, And uh, yeah, we, uh, we don't think it's going to happen. Uh, just a couple of things I did want to mention before um, we get around to uh, Iran equalizing through uh, Mohammed, more heavy, 10 minutes into the second half, Johnny, uh, the the first, it uh, was, uh, yeah, early in the second half, I think in the third minute, uh, ISA Waiter being uh, booked for leaping up onto the shoulders of a uh, defender uh, myself, and I'm sure all other uh, fans of Australian rules, football watching were uh, absolutely stunned by the fact that uh, wader was booked for trying to take a specky. Um, that was uh, outrageous from the referee. And uh, a couple of minutes after that, it's um, uh, I think it's, it's worth mentioning a, a save that uh, Zion Suzuki made from, uh, from Sada as moon who, um, Part of him just schooling Ko Itakura for pretty much the uh, entire second half. Um, a, a, a terrific save with his legs by Suzuki from uh, Asmoon's shot. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, the goal wouldn't have stood anyway uh, due to an offside delay. But again, with play allowed to continue and Asmune firing on target, Suzuki making a terrific save. Um, So uh, again, Johnny, we, uh, up until this point, uh, um, and we said it in the last episode, we hadn't had a reason to question uh, Suzuki's um, shot-saving abilities in this tournament. It was his uh, handling and his decision-making at times. But um, yeah, overall, um, I, I think... Answered his critics, I think, in a, uh, um, a fairly emphatic way. He was called into action a lot more than he had been in previous games in the tournament. As I say, in terms of actually getting uh, getting his body in the line of some shots that he had to save, and overall, I think his performance was uh, was very good.
1: Yeah, I remember reading in a book before about like medical procedures. If even if a like a quite a painful medical procedure ends in a relatively unpainful and pleasant way you tend to remember it's been less painful than it actually was and it's a bit like I think Suzuki's performance here he, he had his best performance in, in the biggest hardest game so you know he's got that he's got that to go forward with it's like look I, I played in the quarterfinal of the Asian Cup and I played very well despite everything around me crashing round and you know I don't know what was going through his mind there's been a lot said on here and and a lot more said uh, outside of here about about Suzuki's performances and um, you know, he's been one of the, the kind of lightning rods for, for criticism, which is, is I think quite quite unfair given how, how young and, and inexperienced he is at this level. But yeah, he 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 had a calmness about him in this game that I don't know. I certainly wouldn't have been that calm if, if I'd been been in that position and been under so much intense scrutiny and criticism. And yeah, he yeah I I could not fault him. I think. Um, I think there's maybe an incident you might get to where he just gets to the ball before before Asmund and the ball goes out for a corner. It was a bit risky, but mm, mm. yeah, I think you know, his, his shot stopping was was fantastic. He came out and claimed a, a couple of crosses. Um, yeah, uh, I think yeah of the we've mentioned Maeda and Suzuki and then Tommy Asher, but they would be my my three players with uh, absolutely would get would get pass marks. Uh, how many others would get pass marks? I'm not sure, but yeah, Zion Suzuki came through his biggest test in this tournament was flying colours in my book.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Uh, and, yeah, you, you did mention, yeah, a couple of chances that Japan had before Mohebi's goal. And, um, yeah, Wader unable to, I guess, kind of get his... Uh, his his body sorted out as he leapt into the air to try and meet a, a, a Kubo cross from deep on the left. He um, he ended up heading over the bar. And then after Maeda won the ball back uh, and uh, Weida fed Kubo, he shot or crossed, or I'm not really sure, but the the ball ended up going well wide. And then uh, two minutes after that, yes, it was a 1-1 from a, a long Suzuki clearance Upfield, that uh, sailed over the head of Kubo and uh, uh, returned possession to Iran. Um, they worked the ball up to Azmoon. He slipped in more heavy and uh, yeah, he fired in past Suzuki to the goalkeeper's right, and obviously that set the crowd off. They'd uh, they'd probably got a, an inkling that yeah um, something special was brewing, and um, yeah, that was that goal. Was extremely well worked. Um, as Moon was uh, involved in a lot throughout the game, uh, whether he was antagonising the uh, the Japanese defence or whether he was um, instigating attacks or playing his role. And this was um, yeah terrific for him uh, from him and a, a lovely finish from uh, Mohebi to boot.
1: Yeah, I think this is, this is a decisive five minutes in the, in the game, really, isn't it? Because yeah, Japan almost nicked it in the counter through through weather and. Now, I think we mentioned last week on the pod about, um, we're doing the, the preview about uh, Taiichi Hara of, of Kyoto. Like, if he starts storing goals again this season, he's not really far away from the, the national team. And it's because, yeah, you always see these, these tall forwards getting kind of shoehorned into to J1 teams because Japan really lack that kind of forward. And I think, you know, this is kind of where Uedas played very well at times in this tournament. He scored scored a few goals, but... Yeah, he really started to, to be lost the, the longer this game went on and he kind of felt like with the, the physical nature of, of Iran and the, the very experienced back line, if they had a more physical forward to, to throw on, which he didn't really have. They put on Hosoya and, and um, Asano right at the end and then Maeda was used as a, as a left winger. So, yeah, you know, before we come on to it later, but I think it, it, players such as Kyogo Furuhashi who weren't selected in this tournament, I think went up in everyone's estimations by by default of not being involved. But... Yes, as I said, I think Ureda He's playing for Feyenoord in, in Holland. It's not an easy chance but by any stretch of the imagination, but teams that go far in tournaments, they take chances like this. You know, you look at some of the teams in the semi-finals, like Qatar are scraping through, South Korea finished third in their group and drew with Malaysia, but they're, they're scraping through. At big moments, players do like, stick chances to that in the net. And even though Japan were, were behind the momentum, that, that would have killed Iran's momentum stone dead, like settling after a 1-0 down is one thing, but 2-0 down when you've kind of been on top and there's only like 35 minutes to go, I think they would have really struggled to come back from that. But yeah, as, as you just mentioned, Ben, it's only a couple of minutes later. I think Morita loses out in, in midfield and then that opens a gap and then it's a, it's a lovely through ball to Asmoon, who's then dropped into the, the number 10 role. And yeah, the thing about Asmund, I, I know in the last pod I, I joked about his likeness, his facial likeness to Harry Maguire. He, he a bit like both of them. They have this kind of cumbersome look to them that I think makes you underestimate how good that they are. Especially, I mean, I mean Asmund has f- 50 international goals. You can't go to sleep in this guy. But you know, the first 30 minutes, it's almost like he kind of lulled Japan into a false sense of security. Like who is this big lump just wandering around shouting at the referee? And then it's like. Flipped the switch at one one nil, and then the the real uh, Serie A Roma striker Asmund t- came to play. And you know, if if you ever fancy a, a a spell at a J League club, I'm sure we'd all we'd all love to see him over here playing in Japan. And mm. he might he might teach the, the Japanese forwards a trick or two. it It'd Be well, one, wonderful to see him because yeah, he, he was an all round forwards performance. Like he was up there doing the heavy stuff, and then t- turned provider into the number ten to the the on And yes, yeah, so Suzuki got no chance, but direct down the middle, like, bang, bang, that there's a goal, um, you know, 1-1, one, one, game on. I didn't see Iran, like, dominating to the extent they did after this at this point. It was still very much in the, in the balance, but, yeah, a vital, vital, decisive, like, five minutes in the context of this game.
0: Absolutely, and then, well, yeah, Japan was still, um, obviously, searching for a way back on top themselves, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, 10 minutes after, the equalizer you mentioned it uh, japan was saved by uh, as moon's backside as the uh uh yeah the 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 most marginal of offsides after he uh he he burst away and sent itakura uh, away on the slippy slide before he turned back inside and fired at uh, zion's uh near post it was absolutely superb from uh, from Asmoon and um yeah, it was uh, I mean that would have properly uh, lifted the roof off the stadium I think but uh, yeah unfortunately for him and again for Iran uh, the flag went up and um yeah as as we've said was uh, was a correct decision but uh, it was yeah just uh, I think an an indication that it, w- it was going to be a really uncomfortable last uh, half hour or so for japan um, a couple of minutes after that they took maida and kubo off and uh, mitoma and minamino came on um i was actually um i was embarrassed at my uh, uh, appearance on uh, gold bizan uh, after we recorded last week johnny because um aria asked me for uh, japan's key players and i neglected to mention kubo uh on that <laughs> uh, on that uh, appearance but i think um I might have gotten it right after all because yeah he was uh, he was on on the fringes uh, again a couple of uh, chances here or there that, that just didn't quite um, his decision making or his delivery wasn't quite on point so it, um, it I, at times I think he was threatening to, to to maybe really blossom and take this competition over but uh, ultimately. Um, he's returned to Sociedad, and we know that he's already back with the Sociedad squad as we re- record uh, on Sunday night. Um, uh, I guess with his tail between his legs, because yeah, many were expecting this to be his uh, real breakout tournament. But uh, again, on uh, on the big stage in uh, in a quarterfinal, he wasn't able to uh, really impose himself and uh, and lead his nation to victory.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, his kind of performances in the last two games were, were a bit of a mirage, or we might say, against like opposition that weren't at the same level as, as Iran. I mean, obviously, the, the situation that the, the system changed slightly with them, um, with Hatate dropping out and Morita coming in, so Kubo was more of a number ten. But yeah, he really struggled to, at, at times for, for fluency, or the, the, the link up play wasn't wasn't quite there. I think a lot of what you could say about Kubo applied to to Doan as well it really kind of drifted out of the game and you know after maybe the 30 35 minute mark he didn't have an awful lot of, of effect on, on things what we will see is you know there's a lot of pressure on him there always has been um but he is still only 22 so you know he's still got another three even four asian cups in him and you know a couple, maybe three three world cups in him if his career goes goes according to plan so Hopefully he can learn from this. You know, he's got different mentors. He's been under the Japanese coaching staff for the past month. He's back at Sociedad. Maybe they'll give him fresh perspectives on where, where it might have gone wrong, or you know, he has used more more wide for Sociedad, whether that's where he finds himself more for the Japan national team in the, in the future, it remains to be seen, but there definitely some, some regrets for him, but hopefully he can turn those into a positive in, in future and, and use those as, as fuel to, to make himself better. But just coming back to your kind of take on the, 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 Asmund, the, the Asmund offside I'd go, with the way that the, the game finished, obviously with the heartbreaking late penalty for Iran and the way the game was going, do you think in hindsight Moriasu would have taken going behind 2-1 after 63 minutes in the knowledge that Iran would probably have sat back more and would have given Japan more chances than they ultimately ended up having? Do, do, you, think, do you think now, the day after the game, do you think he might have taken that offer?
0: Yeah, interesting shout, Johnny. Um yeah, I hadn't um given that an enormous amount of thought, but yeah, it's a really interesting point because it, I mean, he he actually came out himself, didn't he, at the uh at the end of the game and um, was uh, self-critical about the way he handled his substitutions. So I don't think he could have complained if if he run had of yeah, taken the, the lead almost immediately after equalizing and it definitely would have forced a uh a reshuffle and maybe, um, yeah, I don't think Japan were ever really playing for, um, for extra time, were they, I d- but they, they were, yeah, definitely second best for, um, the, the remainder of the second half. So yeah, maybe they, they needed a, a jolt or they needed something to, um, to, to refocus them just as, as, uh, Iran had been refocused by, uh, Morita's goal, uh, around the half hour mark. So yeah, it's an interesting shout. Um, how do you think he would have approached things differently? Because he not long after that chance he he did um make what uh well yeah for for the most of us is a well we would have expected to see Mitoma around this time whether it was Nakamura or Maeda starting but as you say um Japan's level noticeably dropped off after Maeda went off which is um, something that I don't think any of us uh, saw coming but um yeah what well to, to to throw your own question back at you yeah i mean what do you think he might have uh, done differently if if that goal had have been allowed to stand uh, just past the hour for Azmoon.
1: Oh, I mean, full disclosure, I actually thought of that question up when, when you were talking before. <laughs> I hadn't pre, pre-thought of it. <laughs> right. I, I was thinking more about Iran might have dropped their intensity back to what they were doing in the first 30 minutes, which is kind of trying to contain Japan and not doing it very well right. rather than, like, you know, the likes of Azmoon and Godas and Gaudas, uh, uh, sorry, and Jakambash really took over to, uh, as they, they got built up ahead of steam. I think they might have like, put the brakes on a bit. And that sitting back, which is quite a, natural, a natural thing to do in that situation, in a knockout game, would have invited Japan, you know, swinging more crosses in, you know, it hits someone's backside and it goes in and it's 2-2. Two two, and it's Japan getting the, the late goal and getting into extra time with the momentum. So I just felt like the momentum just stayed with Iran because they didn't get a goal. And then it, eventually they were rewarded right at the end and Japan had no chance to, to really hit back. Whereas if, you know, you see teams sometimes... They would get a go and in hindsight it was actually a bit too early because they, they got what they wanted and then they just sat back and then they were, they were punished for sitting back. So, yeah, Mitomov when he came on, you know, I think he tried two, two times to go by defenders and lost the ball straight away and was a bit selfish to players he could pass to. And then after that he was yeah he was, he was essentially a non, non-factor other than running the ball out of play from a difficult position. Um, I, my ed, I, I do get the feeling, was given the instructions run yourself into the ground and you're off after 60 or 70 minutes. So it was always a change that was going to be made. Minamino for Kubo, yeah, Kubo Po needed to come off. Minamino, again, yeah, we mentioned before, he started the tournament very well and it's basically been back. He's you know, he's back back in the bench for Monaco where he was obviously very wanted to already to, today, but he's someone I think. Yeah, I wouldn't be massively shocked if he missed out in the next squad. I think Kamada is one of these players as well, who's who looks better by his omission. He, he's not involved in this, so yeah, Minamino's in, in shaky ground. But with, with most coaches, he seems to be a favourite of Moriasu. But yeah, yeah, I was going more on the, the Iran sitting back rather than Moriasu doing anything different tactically, to be honest.
0: Right, right, fair enough. Then yeah, I mean yeah, Minamino was um absolutely a non-factor. I mean I'm I can't remember the. The minute uh, it happened, but um, I'm not sure if he caught it. Morita was uh, looking for an option um, 35, 40 yards from uh, goal, and it appeared that Minamune was hiding behind the referee. Uh, Morita had to like motion at him to to come come from behind the referee so he could pass in the ball, and then I think he ultimately decided against it. But, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, again, offered absolutely nothing. um, And... I think a, a reason why a number of us were surprised he was in the squad in the first place because he had um, appeared to be on the fringes. And it taking nothing away from his uh, performance in, in the first group stage game, but uh, yeah, apart from that, uh, very much a tournament to forget for uh, for Minamino. And well, basically, Johnny, yeah, once those uh, subs were made, um, again, I don't know whether I was sensing the writing on the wall, but uh, literally, I did not write a Japan chance down from uh, the 66th minute on. Um, I've got. Um, a a header wide from uh, Mohebi. Uh, I've got a a brilliant Zion save from an Asmoon chance, but again, Asmoon was offside. Um, Then in the 72nd minute, how did Asmoon get as much power as he did on that header from, uh, from alongside the penalty spot that just missed just high and wide of uh, Zion's uh, top right-hand corner. Absolutely brilliant from as moon. Uh, I mean, Wader was up high again and headed, um, headed wide uh, across in from the left. So I should correct myself. That was with 15 minutes left. But uh, apart from that, it was, um, it was pretty much one way traffic. um, uh, but again, yes, yeah, Suzuki doing well um, and handling what was um, what was coming at him. The real uh, had a potential to be a, a really contentious one uh, three minutes uh, before the end of the 90 when he raced out and collided with Asmoon. But uh, yeah, he got definitely got the ball first. And luckily enough, uh, yeah, it, the ball was eventually out for an Iran corner, but nothing came of it so um yeah this uh this this penalty then it's um well yeah i said japan weren't playing for extra time but i guess by the end of uh, the, the 90 and as extra time began um yeah it was it did appear uh that it was uh, japan's best uh, bet to get anything out of this game goodness knows Uh, what Moriyasu would have said to them uh, in in the break between the end of normal time and the start of extra time uh, to get them going. But um, as as it turned out, as we all know now, uh, that wasn't uh, required because uh, Itakura and Tomiyasu had a uh, miscommunication. A a number of players around them should have uh, communicated better with the the, the pair of them. Uh, But uh, yeah, they've uh, they've made a right hash of uh, trying to clear... A, uh, a headed ball into the box, and uh, Itakura hacked down, yeah, Hossein uh, Kanani, and, yeah, the the most Stonewall penalty you've ever seen, um, with uh, Jahan Baksh firing past Zion, who guessed the right way, but uh, could not keep out the perfect penalty. So, yeah, I mean, Itakura was copying it throughout this game, Johnny. Uh, I'm not sure how much time you spent on, on social media or not during the game, but, yeah, Itakura was, uh, uh, was getting Pelter's... From very, very early on in the game, um, it was uh, yeah a, a really, really rough day at the office for him. Uh, I'm not sure how practical um, actually taking him off it, mid-game uh, would have been, but there were certainly a number of people that were clamouring for it. Uh, I, I'm not sure the effectiveness of, of making a, a change when you've backed in your two centre-backs to, to, to hook one off. I mean... He, he clearly wasn't having a good day, but I don't know. Are you of the opinion that he should have just bitten the bullet and, and hauled him off when it appeared it just wasn't going wasn't gonna to be his day?
1: I mean, there's there's reasons for and against. I would tend to say I, I would have kept him on, but I think Moriasu has to take the blame in that he's obviously taken Itakura when he's, he's been injured for his club and he's not played for a while. And then he's not looked particularly fit or great against, you know, group stage opponents. Mm. And then he's, he's been out for a game and he's come back in in the, the knockout stages. And, you know, he wasn't really tested in the last game. And then he has looked a bit out of sorts in this game, albeit up against a, a, an extremely good good forward in, in, in Um, You know, we've often cited K- Koki Machi does good, good in the air, he's, he's good in physical... Um, yeah, you know, it, it it might have worked. We're, we're never gonna gonna know. But like you say, shuffling your your back line is is a risk because you know with with change inevitably comes the, the risk that you actually make things worse. Or you know, Aswin in the second half was playing playing so well and, and so in unison with the other forwards that ultimately, even if Matita played a bit better than Itakura it might not have made much much difference in the end. So I mean, I can definitely see that the reasons kind of for for and against. Um I wouldn't yeah, in this context of this game, I wouldn't massively hold against Moriyasu, but again his squad management, we've said many times we're not we're not doctors, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, how, how fit Itakura actually was. Like um yeah, it'd be interesting to see when he goes back to his German club if they if they start picking him right away or what, what his form is like. That might be quite telling. But yeah, I mean, Itakura's an absolute stinker here. He he knows that, everyone everyone knows that. Um yeah, I mean, I'm getting a bit older these days, so I don't quite indulge in you know, shouting for players to get, get hauled off or managers to get, get fired the second the game's finished. But I mean, I, I definitely understand the, the sentiment. There's a lot of passion and, and people really want Japan to do do well and, you know, they're up against the top, top opponent in Iran and, you know, you could see the passion from, from then. I think you saw your handbags not long before the penalty. He was geeing up the fans. He was right up for it and, you know, they were executing a game plan and, Unfortunately, when the, the, you know, you mentioned the start when the going got tough, Japan really kind of wilted under the, the pressure. And, yeah, Ithakura will, will cop a lot of the blame, and it'll be a, be a sore one for him to take. It's a, it's a stain in his career to this point, but you know, he's, he's been linked with Tottenham. He's, he's obviously doing very well in Germany. He's had many good games for the national team before, so you now I'm backing him to, to come back from this. And uh, again, like Kubo, hopefully he, he learns from the, the pain of this experience and puts it to good use in the, the next World Cup and the, and the next Asian Cup.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the the change to five subs makes uh, you know the the possibility of doing a a, a defensive substitution it gives it a bit more um, a bit more merit. But I mean, you're still only able to stop the game three times, right? Apart from mm-hmm. uh, from half time. So while he had misjudged that ball, uh, I think six minutes before the break that we we both talked about, and he was booked in the first half. I'm not sure there was uh, a huge um, or massive reasons for him to be hooked at the break, and then um, I guess it was just uh, a slow unraveling of um, yeah, as Moon kind of just with the paper cuts just taking him to pieces uh, in the second half. So yeah, I mean it was he won't want to watch this game back Itakura. It was um, yeah a very rough run for him, and um, I, I guess as we kind of wrap things up. Uh, Johnny, um, this is a, a bit of a painful one for me to bring up, but Wataru um, Endo is the captain. He's uh, overall... I don't like to say it, but I, I think he's had a, he's had a poor tournament, and um, that's come as a massive surprise to me because he's he's made this move in his career to Liverpool, and he he'd become uh, an extremely important player in the um, I think it was eight eight or nine starts he'd made in a row before he, he had to come over uh, and join Japan for for this tournament. But he seemed in. Um, in a terrific vein of form for his club, and with with that in mind, I was expecting him to come in and really um, solidify Japan and, um, and and prove that uh, yeah the, the start to his uh, Liverpool career um, wasn't a fluke. And yeah, again, this a, as the captain, um, he has to wear a lot of the responsibility. I mean, the after the equaliser, the camera just pans in on him, and he just you know slumped. Um, slumped his shoulders and sauntered back to the uh, to, to the restart. When he's hopefully you would you would want to see him g'ing up his players and um, you know playing the role of a leader. And uh, I guess ultimately what uh, yeah, as Nick mentioned in our last episode, and and Dan Olawitz warned um, right back when the the squad was announced, um, th- this lack of leadership has uh, has come back to bite Japan because yeah, uh, faced with a Uh, a dominant opponent and an opponent that was strangling them in the the second half of this game. They weren't able to uh, answer their tactics and yeah, the the experienced players on the pitch weren't able to to steady Japan and see them through even to extra time. So um, uh, again, uh, yeah, a difficult one for me and um, yeah, I think overall uh, a a disappointing tournament for, uh, for the captain Wataru Endo.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's uh, fair to say. I mean, he he, he wasn't terrible in, in any game. There's not like one performance you could pick out oh, that was that was awful. But uh, I I think yeah, overall we, we, we've definitely seen a lot better from from what that both in his um you know, domestic career like uh, his club sides and also um, international level. Uh, it feels a bit like the you know the, the captaincy has been a bit of a, a weight around his neck at times. I think, and also maybe that the lack of. You know, support's not the right word, but the lack of leaders in the squad to, to help him out. Because you know, often a lot of great captains that they have, they're in great teams with with lots of experienced players who are big personalities too. Whereas it, it seems a bit like you know, Endo at times might be fighting a kind of lone battle, and he needs support from players around around the field, and they don't have the experience really to to help him out. I, I would be very interested because you know, not not to draw on it too much, but but Moreta's comments. I would be very surprised if, if at some point, uh, him and Endo haven't discussed like the, the coaching that goes on and, and maybe compared notes because yeah, you know, Endo is is under one of the best in Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. So I'd be very very interested to be a fly in the wall in that, in that meeting, how he compared the Moriasu in Japan coaching to what what he receives at at, at Liverpool with them um, with Jurgen Klopp, and also I mean it, it probably helped him to an extent when he was in they had that three man midfield with with Hatate and Kubo because that would be very similar to what he's he, he's playing at, at Liverpool. And yeah, he, he did look a bit better then. But again, the, the comparison is Indonesia and Bahrain, which is not Iran and Iraq. Mm. So I don't know how, how much we can read into that. But yeah, yeah, for, for him as as, as, uh, as a leader and also as his performances in the field, now he's going he to have to get back in the saddle quickly at, at, at Liverpool. They've got a load of games coming up. But yeah, he, he'll go home, I think, very dissatisfied. A, a lot for him to think about in his, his flight back to, to Liverpool.
0: Yeah, and I don't know, just the w- the way he answers his uh, questions in his um his, his post match interview. I mean, you know, can't fault him. He's very matter of fact. But I don't know if I was the captain of a team uh, with the uh, massive expectations on my shoulders, uh, you know, expected to win this tournament, and we go out uh, in the manner we did uh, in in the quarterfinals. I don't know, might. Um, Bring out a few more emotions in me. I'm not sure. Maybe if it was the it was the final and Japan had lost to a 96 minute penalty, maybe we'd see a little bit more um, of a, an emotional reaction from Endo. But um, yeah, maybe th- that's just the way he's programmed. But one one of the players that uh, yeah, I think would uh, would be leaving this uh, this tournament with. Uh, say, so, Matt, well, regrets, I don't know, or disappointment in their performances, perhaps, or the, yeah, haven't had the impact that a lot of us uh, expected. Um, I, I guess as we wrap things up, then, and again, uh, I think we've said it uh, enough, uh, massive credit. To uh, Iran and um, good luck to them for the uh, the remainder of the tournament. Uh, Japan are out, Johnny. Are there any other players you wanted to single out for uh, for positive or negative reasons? Uh, I guess before we put a bow on uh, Japan's involvement in in this uh, Asian Cup.
1: Well, I mean, I've already teased it, and it's probably fair because we've given Maeda like a, a longer bit of praise and Suzuki a longer bit of praise, but you know, Tommy Asu, unfortunately, the. Possibly that this game will be remembered for the the kind of you know, miscommunication with um, with Itakura right at the end. But I think he he was for most part he, he was a bit of a, a rock of stability for Japan. He, you know he wasn't afraid to put the ball on Rose Z when when the the, the situation arose, and yeah, he he did a lot of blocking and clearing, and, and generally yeah his passing was was pretty on the mark for for the most part. So yeah, Japan came under a lot of pressure. Obviously, no one was perfect at the back, but I think yeah, for the for the most part, I think both both Suzuki and Tomiyasu can can hold their heads up high. Going forward, I think a lot of players closed down well and you know were, were very effective in the early part of the game, but but became uh, kind of anonymous. Like Doan and Yuyeda really drifted out of things in the, the, the second half. But yeah, I, I feel for me it was quite easy to single out those three: Yuyeda, Tomiyasu, and, and Suzuki. Would would your kind of Top two or top three players would, would they would they differ in any way from that that choice?
0: No, not from that game. I think you've yeah, you've nailed those three, Johnny. I would I would go along with that. Um yeah, just for his tournament as a whole, I think uh, Wade has established himself. If if he hadn't already, as uh, as Japan's uh no, yeah number 1 number 9 and um yeah I, hopefully there won't be too much messing around uh, by uh, by moriyasu um in the remainder of a world cup qualifying um especially for that double header against north korea which looks extremely tasty doesn't it johnny mm-hmm. that will uh We'll definitely be uh, covering uh, those two games um, in in some detail, uh, but uh, yeah, they'll they'll be coming around uh, before you know it. But uh, yeah, overall for the tournament, then yeah, it promised uh, a lot at times, but ultimately uh, Japan have um, have not produced when it matters. And um, as you said yourself earlier, Johnny, yeah, two losses out of five games, and um, yeah, they they can't really have any complaints about uh, the the way they were outplayed uh, in the two defeats. So again, um do we need to have any more of a discussion about Moriyasu? He's uh, he, he apparently he's come out uh, and said that yeah, he's uh, he's had to reflect on the way he delivers his message uh, to the players and he might uh, might be making adjustments in that regard uh, in the future, but yeah, I think for all of those are being for blood and uh, for Moriasu's head, um, I, yeah, I don't think that's a, a realistic possibility. And as Johnny said earlier, uh, he will be leading uh, Japan into the next World Cup uh, in uh, almost all likelihood. So. That's it then. Any uh, any final words, Johnny? We're we're putting a bow on this tournament, and then we'll properly start refocusing on on J1 uh, ahead of the big kickoff. But uh, yeah, I guess any last words on uh, on Japan at the Asian Cup?
1: Yeah, I mean, mostly I was actually going to talk from a, a personal perspective because I think it's it's about a month since we did the the, the preview pod with, with, with Dan. It's it's not not been like that that long, but it feels like the time has passed very quickly and. You know obviously i mean a lot of my, my blogging and on here I, I kind of cover like, like j league and it's been, basically i've had a kind of laser focus on that and not outside of major tournaments i don't watch a lot of football outside of the j league so it's been quite eye-opening for me um and i think you know there's obviously been a group group of teams japan and iran uh, amongst them with um, saudi arabia south korea and uh, australia have, have basically qualified for the world cup every single time um but you know, asia is Massive populations in some of these countries. There's masses of potential, and it's actually been quite quite interesting, quite quite exciting to to see at times some of the other games. You know, Japan have not not stood out, but there's been been a lot of excitement, and this tournament does seem like a, a positive step, I think, for for Asian football. So hopefully, again, for for Japan, who are near the top of the of the Asian game, is kind of inspiration for them to 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 improve a bit more uh, going forward. And you know, again, for for me. It's been interesting seeing these other teams. I'm, I'm not. I'm obviously not as clued up in, in some of them as as I am in the. Well, I'm not as clued up in the, any of them apart from Japan as I am with the the J League teams. But I've kind been researching a bit, especially in a bit of time before the Iran game. I could look into the, their team and and see what they're all about. So that's been interesting. I, I hope the the listeners have kind have of have enjoyed our sometimes astute an analysis and sometimes wild ramblings, which I think is what I'm I'm onto doing now. But yes, yeah, it's, it's been been fun for us. So I hope despite japan not having the the best tournament i think it's been cathartic for us and i, I i've enjoyed doing it and yeah yeah i hope, hope you have too ben
0: yeah yeah it's been a good way to uh to get our um, our podcasting feet wet again as we uh, get ready for uh for the start of the new j1 season and yeah i mean these big tournaments don't come around all that often, obviously. So, um, in well, in many respects, it's a it's a huge wasted opportunity for for Japan, isn't it? And this and this uh, generation of players. But yeah, that's it then for the uh, the Asian Cup. Uh, Japan losing to Iran, and best of luck to them for the remainder of the tournament. We'll leave it there, and uh, we'll be back with uh, the next five clubs that we're previewing as part of our J1 season preview. So, Johnny, I look forward to speaking to you then, mate.
1: Yes, so it, it won't be long. But I think we're, we're recording a day later. So anyone listening to this the first day it's out, if you've got any questions, please please send them to us. We look forward. We've got we've got a couple of guests, to believe, on a familiar familiar voice, and also a, potentially a debutant. I'm looking forward to t- talking to. But yeah, I'll speak to you very soon, Ben. And thanks everyone for listening.
0: Terrific stuff, Johnny. Yes, yeah, so we're previewing uh, Sapporo, uh, Kashima, Niigata, Urawa, and Kashua in our uh, next uh, episode. I say episode, but yeah, it's almost certainly going to be spread <laughs> spread over two episodes again, listeners. So uh, yeah, look out for those uh, in the middle of the week. All right, then we'll leave it there. That's it for the J Talk podcast for uh, this episode and indeed for Japan's involvement in the Asian Cup. Uh, Johnny and I would like to thank our patrons for their ongoing support and uh, listeners we'd like to thank you for listening wherever you are. We'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. The J Talk Podcast. Yes, 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 yes.